This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And that's Dennis Halnon, one of the employee owners at Tab. Comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And we're on with Daniel, and he's got a laptop that he has put a lot of time and energy in to try to get corrected. You've replaced uh, the um, hard drive, you've replaced the RAM, and still the, the machine does not seem to want to work for you, correct? Correct. Anything else that you've done to it that you wanted to let us know? On two separate occasions, it did overheat and shut down. So... Okay. So what I did was I stuck something underneath it to keep it supported, and I haven't had a problem since. All right. Well, you have still had the problems, though. Yeah. You haven't yeah. had the shutdown problem. But So when we were off air, we were saying we think it's heat. Uh, I thought it was heat. Um, Dennis kind of concurred. He thought it was the motherboard, too, though. Uh, so you could, have, if it's an older machine, you could have a lot of dust buildup and all the heat sinks that are inside that thing. Um, I've opened it up several times. You, know, you have. Swapping oh. out drives, yeah. Oh. Um, it just really disappoints me because this machine has everything I need. I mean, as far as what it can offer me, right? It's got well, the DVD, the internal DVD, mm -hmm. it stopped working right months ago. <laughs> uh, but the only oh. thing that I really like to use on is the webcam because I do a lot of video stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, you can go buy a separate webcam, and I've got another machine I can do that with. But yeah. I'd rather just use the one that came it came with. And it's got a seventeen inch screen. I mean, come on. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a nice it's a workstation like Dennis said. You spend a yeah. lot of money on this. Yeah, that's that's not just a laptop, it's a portable workstation. Right. And but, with a with a probably a pretty powerful processor in it. Is it I seven? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I still think it's heat. Um yeah. so you can you can try air. Now you gotta be careful with canned air and that it can cause condensation and then you turn the machine on and it zaps it. So be careful there. But try to blow it out. Um, okay. And try to. I got a feeling you've got uh, quite a dust bunny in there, and it's overheating or whatever. I mean, usually there's no. Well, there are fans in those older workstations. There were there's fans. Two, in there. There's two fans, and they both work. Okay, good. Um, you can get also a cooling. There's a an extra pad you can buy. It's a cooling right. pad. Yeah, you you can get those too. And it could be that might help you because you've already changed out the RAM, you've changed out the hard drives, which is all good, and you did the right thing. To have you start changing out motherboards it would be the next step, and obviously it makes no sense to do that. Uh, um, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't even attempt it on, on a laptop. I mean, yeah. I had to change a display on a on a old HP uh, with a sixty seven ten. Oh my God, mm -hmm. <laughs> that was an all day affair. But uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, we don't have any magic besides the fact that we think it's heat. You've done. You're yeah. very good at what you. You did all the great things that we would recommend you do. Oh, absolutely. Um, That's because I worked in IT. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, we thought you had a little knowledge there. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, and I think that's it's what's a heat. embarrassing to come to you guys when I. Oh yeah, I worked in IT for over twenty years. Yeah, right. I can't solve this stupid problem. Hey, Nothing no. to be embarrassed about. No, no, IT, no. as you know, is a collaborative effort. Yeah, it's, we spend most of our time doing that with other folks, so it's completely normal. Yeah, so I wish we could tell you a, an extra uh, little secret that we've learned since you've been not doing it, but no, it's. I think it's heat. It actually gave you that indication when it shut down due to a heat warning. There, that's you clearly have a problem with the machine overheating, which couldn't cause all those other issues you're experiencing. 
So you would, you would expect that it's an actual hardware problem with the machine, as you say, like a motherboard or some other component. Yeah. Well, you've changed okay. everything else out. You, yeah. You've yeah. already yeah. ruled out operating system and all that fun stuff yeah. because you changed it all out. And the RAM, you changed it out too. So blow it out, if, add some cooling. What else you got? Now, if I really needed it repaired, absent me trying to do it, where would you where, what would you recommend I do? Take it to someplace such as yours or Mm-mm. go to Geek Squad? Mm-mm. You know, <laughs> None of it. I wouldn't tell you. So if the machine is a, in that five- to six-year mark, uh, how old is this thing? I don't know. I mean, she bought it for me as, as a birthday gift at least six years ago. All right. So you're, it's, as far so, as I'm concerned, I would pronounce it dead. I would not spend any any more energy on it as you already have. Um, okay. It's just not worth the time and energy. If you you know the hourly rates for folks, and we, and we don't do any work with the general public, but hourly rates for some of this stuff can be quickly added up to three or four hundred dollars before you know it. And well, the other thing is you can spend you know three or four hundred hours to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. But all you've got now, after that, is a working six-year-old laptop. Right. And what else is going to go on with it after that? Yeah, yeah and that's true. you may as well take that, you know, three or four hundred hours and make that part of your down payment on a new laptop. Yeah. And then you'll have a future with a laptop that's zero years old. Right. So. Well, very good. Guys, you get some good advice, and I appreciate that. Oh, before I go, there's one other thing I wanted to compliment you on. Uh-oh. You guys have been on since, what, about 2008? 95. Since 95. <laughs> okay. Well, back in 08, you recommended a software for doing recordings, like live stream right. recording from a company called High Criteria. It could be. <laughs> and and you're, 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 the program you call, you, you suggest a program called Total Recorder. Mm, yeah, and it was made by High Criteria, and I purchased it way back then. Yeah. The best recording software, bar none, to record streaming audio on a computer if that's what you need to do. All right. It is perfect. It is actually professional grade, and it doesn't cost that much. Cool. So we'll link it again. Uh, I'd recommend that HighCriteria.com. They they sell it. Sounds good, Daniel. All right. Thank you very much, guys. All right, thank you. Yeah. All right. Bye bye. Yeah, we've been on. I mean, this show has been on. WTI since '95 ish, basically when Windows 3.1 was starting to get the you know the start me up song there with uh, oh um, right with the Rolling Stones yeah thank you Windows 95 which came out late as usual um, real quick though I want to so speaking of advice we were talking about Garden Talk we haven't seen Garden Talk on the on the on the air here for a while and I wanted to make sure I give you guys the one weekend saving advice that Len Giddix gave me and it's not to rake your lawn in the spring. Because all you're doing is planting the weed seeds, all right? And it made complete sense, and it saved me a whole weekend of my soft, you know, supple hands getting destroyed by a rake, trying to rake my yard nice and clean. Don't do it, Glenn says, because you're just planting the weed seeds. Save me a weekend, guys, so you can tell the wife you're not going to rake the yard. On Glenn. Blame Glenn. Um, <laughs> we have four lines open, well, five or so. We have, we're still going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. 860-522-9842 is the number. And uh, feel free to get online. We'll help you out with your computer comments, questions, and concerns. Of course, you can also listen to us on the Odyssey app. If you subscribe to the podcast, uh, you'll never miss a computer talk show ever. And you can listen to it probably for like a solid year and never hear a different show, <laughs> um, just continuously. Uh, and it's probably good to put you to sleep. Um, but feel free to get online with your questions. Everything's been posted over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com. We'll be right back.
And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab, and uh, the lines are starting to fill up again. Feel free to get online. 860-522-9842 is the number as we wait for Carolyn to take your calls. We didn't bring up some news. Want to, want to, anything you want to bring up, Dennis, that you thought? That MSI story might be interesting. Yeah. Um, I kind of touched on this one before. Yeah. Um, but the MSI company that manufactures, they're famous for making um, motherboards for right. computers and servers. Um, and they're fairly good products, um, so they're in high demand. Uh, they were uh, breached uh, with ransomware mm-hmm. on some of their systems, and it looks like uh, the bad guys got a hold of a lot of their source code. Okay, mm-hmm. now that hasn't really affected their production or anything. No, um, but uh, the ransomware group is demanding four million dollars, or they'll release the source code. Um, one of the things that MSI recently came out with was uh, a note, you know, a little bit of caution telling people, you know, don't get any drivers for our products from third-party sites. Make sure you get it from us. And they must be thinking that the the source code is going to leak mm-hmm. and other bad guys around the world are going to be rewriting new drivers right. and then trying to get people to install those instead of the bona fide ones from company itself Hmm. and it's it's just a big mess (laughs) (laughs) it is and you know it's just more ransomware more ransomware more attacks you know make sure you 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 protect yourself if you're a business two-factor authentication needs to be in place security awareness training web defense email defense edr technology mdr technology all has to be in place and doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg um, at least it doesn't through us uh but uh and it's a great way to protect your systems from this stuff um, and obviously, your people too. You're, they have to be trained. So the security awareness training helps. Still, you get you'll, you'll get dinglings out there that will click on things they're not supposed to. Um, but you know, you got to get all this stuff in place uh, to at least try to prevent what's going on out there. Segmentation, all sorts of great things you could you could do to prevent some of this. Let's go to a yet. I can't believe it. Another Chuck in Berlin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or is it the same Chuck? Good. <laughs> no, different Chuck. A new Chuck. <laughs> All right. What's going on? Uh, Chuck Chuck. Yeah. Just call how me much, Chuck Chuck. How much Chuck's can uh, a wood Chuck Chuck? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if a wood if a wood Chuck, good Chuck. Never wood. mind. Yeah. Um, okay. I, you actually answered my, my first Outlook question. I guess you, it was your first caller this morning. Yeah. All right. Uh, about the Outlook. Yeah. Uh, but my my second question is: There a way I can I can copy a let's say a whole uh, I, I don't you know uh, subdirectory or whatever you know I save them the different text emails in, into different directories. Can I copy that over into a text file that's searchable? Mm. Um, that is what I would like to do. Well, you still you are have, you are searchable when you have it within the Outlook, and if you create an archive. Uh, that that I that I know, but I want to, I'm just I'm just a little leery of, of Outlook. I want to get rid of it. Actually, <laughs> I don't know what where that came. All that came from Outlook is just a mail client. Uh, don't be yeah. leery of it per se. Um, <laughs> it it's okay to have it. So sometimes I worry that we're creating a whole bunch of uh, uh, IT folks that are just scared to death of IT. You know, there's some things you can be leery of, but Outlook itself probably is not one of them. Um, but you know, well, okay. I have Outlook 365, and I, I just—I'm ah. tired of, every year. I'm tired of paying this, these fees, and I was just, uh, okay. you know, wanted well, you, to make sure I have 
I have a, a, a backup to some important, to be important files. Okay. Um, I don't think there's going to be a way that, or maybe there is. Dennis probably did a little searching while I'm, we were chatting. I'm, I am looking into it. One thing you can do mm-hmm. is you can click on emails, individual emails, including multiple ones, mm-hmm. and you can do a file save as and in text format. Right. And it will just create a uh, okay. you know a big text file with all that mail. Right, right. That, so. that, that, that I would be happy with that. Okay, all right. So I'll just okay, uh, and you'll post this on. <laughs> we can online. post that. Yeah, we can post that okay. out there at Computer Talk if you don't mind. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Now, now I also got one other comment. Two yeah. weeks ago, you you guys uh, that we were talking about, or you guys were talking about the. Uh, issue of landlines, uh, telephone landlines, and you, you kind of made a casual comment about just ripping it off the wall. <laughs> uh, just to let you know, yes. I was no, I didn't. You know what happened, school. Chuck? It wasn't that um, the casual, the, the um, cable provider literally cut and ripped it off the wall when the cable company came in. Okay. Uh, 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 all right. Well, yeah. whatever. But, just to let you know that when I was in school, yeah, uh, electronics school, nineteen, oh lord, nineteen sixty-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the instructor, we had this safety course. Yep. And the instructor was telling us about uh, the the telephone guy taking this thing off the wall. Yeah. Unbeknownst to him, they had uh, the, the the homeowner had was using telephone wires for electrical electrical um, connections. Yikes. And and he had a a uh, good lord a flash uh, a flashover. Sure. And, and there is a little there is a little current on these things. Like if you touch well, a fifty well, block, it, 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 well, one hundred and ten volts or something like that, which is mm. typically which I, I I you know I I, I never worried about one hundred and ten volts, but mm. uh, whatever happened, he uh, the arc had burnt the flesh from the palm of his hand to his elbow. It down to the bone. Wow. So safety is, is yeah. number one. Don't don't pull it off the wall. Just you got to know what you're doing. The only issue though is Chuck, if there's actually juice coming to that extent that's connected to things that are not designed to have that kind of juice on it, um, you're actually probably at more risk of a fire than anything else. So I mean, that was a no, weird well, story. Uh, do, do, you, do you know what what a flashover is? It, it, it's a self-sustaining arc. So yes. once it starts. You don't need the current. You don't need the current. You don't need the voltage. It, it just, ah. The flame is so intense, so Yikes. hot, in the first millisecond, it, it's self-sustaining. Wow. No, that's pretty unusual uh, then. Hmm. But, yeah, so my yeah, st- no question, No question about it. Very unusual. Yeah. And, and, and just, just to add that, and while he was telling us this, uh, you know, back those day, uh, those days we had the, uh, the, CR, um, the CRT. The, the, the yeah, the TV cathode tube. ray tubes. Yeah, yeah. Correct, and, yeah. and um, he was pointing inside there and talking to us, and he yeah. was telling us, "Don't wear any jewelry, no jewelry at all." And as he did that, he touched the capacitor and zapped himself. <laughs> zapped himself, but when he pulled his hand out of the, of the chassis, he had on the only jewelry he had on was a wedding ring. Yep, the ring caught on the edge of the chassis, and it pulled all the skin off of his finger. What a bloody mess that was. Yikes. When I started <laughs> That's my why I remember all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's graphic. When I started my career, um, we used to work on System 34 tubes, these green screens, and we actually had to take, and you actually stuck a probe inside there to, to take that energy out of that cathode ray tube. 
Um, this track, yes, yes, yeah. I, I, those, those were the good old days. So. I get, yeah, the good old <laughs> okay. days. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, all right, thank you very much. Yeah, I you enjoy got your show. Awesome. Well, thank you for being there. We are chock full of chucks um, listening to the show. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, it was the story had to be with the, you know the cable company comes in and you know, I'm just going to cut this you know phone line because of course they right. don't want the competition. And uh, now on my wall, there's, there's old phone boxes there. They're all cut because they were cut by the other <laughs> providers. Uh, so I was just going to take them off my wall. Um, they're on the outside there. But he's probably right, right? It's always safety first. You never know. There's 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 like blocks of stuff on the old old telephone systems in our clients that have these 50 blocks. And if you touch them, they're electrified. You can get yeah. a good zap. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, zapping out those cathode ray tubes was definitely fun to do. Did you want to bring up anything else, Dan, before we go to the the next break? Well, uh, Microsoft has made a change to their storage policy for their uh, free Outlook.com email accounts. Free? Uh, free. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've changed how they allocate the amount of storage you can have. Okay. Uh, they used to allow you to have 15 gigabytes of mail with attachments. Yep. But, you also and you also had five gigabytes of OneDrive storage. All right. Well, now what they do is they count the attachments in your emails against that five gigabyte allotment mm. for OneDrive, and you can actually very easily go over that. Yeah. Um, and turns out that some people are are finding out that their their accounts are locked. They can't send or receive mail because they're out of, of space. Yeah. It's kind of like with the ice cream you used to buy that are half gallons. They're still in a half gallon shape, but they're only like a quart <laughs> worth. Um, same idea there with Microsoft. They've been watching right. that. All right, so we're going to be here for another half an hour. Feel free to get online. 860-522-9842 is the number. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are back. We got plenty of lines open for you guys. Feel free to get online. 860-522-9842 is the number. And uh, Dennis and I will do our best to help you out. Let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to Ken in Windsor first. What's happening, Ken? Hi, guys. Hey. Hey, uh, I've been trying to convert to one of these smart homes, and I've got all these devices in here for lighting, for weather, for yeah. thermostats, door locks, cameras, etc. Yeah. But, you know, I've been away for a while, and I have not, you know, some of these things have dropped off the network, yep. and there's no way to reset them when you're not there. Mm, and right. I'll, I'll get to the biggest problem of all. My network was unreachable, and I called Comcast, and the people on the phone said, you know, well, they can do a quick check on it, and they weren't able to get into my modem, and they said, well, you got a problem there. 
And I said, well, I don't know that it's my problem. It may be your problem. You know, maybe somebody hit the box at the street or cut the cable or something. And, mm-hmm. you know, they wouldn't come out to the house unless I could meet them. And I said, well, I'm not there, you know. Yeah. Uh, long story short, I, I went on with them day after day after day calling in. And they finally scheduled somebody to come out and check it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to be there, but I said, well, I'll pay the $100 just to have somebody go out and check to see everything's good mm-hmm. uh, without getting inside the house. And right, you know, a couple hours before they were supposed to show up, I get a call. I think it was from India. And the guy said, well, we're canceling that appointment. You know, we can fix this remotely. And I don't know what he did, but it's it's been working ever since. Yeah. So. The question I have is, I had found something on the internet, but I cannot relocate it, where you can actually log into your modem, and you can check certain voltages and frequencies and settings internal to the modem to check the health status of it. Are you familiar with that? Yes, yeah, some you of know? them you can. Uh, not all of them have that ability. In some cases, the modem itself just doesn't really have an interface because it, they just don't include that programming in them. Um, in other cases, it's because the cable company doesn't want you to get into that. They don't want you doing anything with the modem itself. Now, there's a complication well, here, okay, okay which is yeah. that some people have a modem, which also is their firewall and can even be their Wi-Fi access point. So you, you can have a device that's three in one, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. Uh, or two in one, and whether or not that you can get to that diagnostic data from the modem functions is just a matter of whether or not they include that in the interface. Now I have uh, at home I have Charter um, or Spectrum, whatever they call it now, mm-hmm. and there is a way that I can log into my modem and I can see those figures. It's it, I can't interact with it. It just shows me uh, the readings from the the signaling. Uh, hmm. But that's just something that they allow me to do. And the address for that is, by default, if you have a charter spectrum modem, it's 192.168.100.1. You just load that in your browser. There is no login. It just loads it up. That's on the okay, inside, well, not on the outside. Yeah, right, that's on the inside of your network, right. Okay, you can't do it from the outside, probably. No, 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 no. That's not accessible, except to them. Right, so okay, they... Okay, well, I, I have a separate route, uh, a modem. It's a Cisco that I purchased. Oh, And okay. it's, uh, what is it, a, a DCP-3008. Okay, okay that's a similar model to what I have. That's a similar model. So if, you, if there's a way... I don't know how you could do it, okay? If there's a way for you to get inside your network somehow, and then you can load that uh, that address from inside your network, you might get that information. I, I can't say for sure. But most likely all they did was they either disabled that MAC address on that modem, and then all the guy in India did was say, ah, oh, I see this thing is... He was a flip, a switch flipper. He flipped the right. switch. That's all he did. Because whoever you're talking to, uh, the support should have realized that long ago with all the calls you made. Right. Or there might have been some kind of a routing flaw on their end, and it just wasn't. There was no traffic flowing to your modem. Right. So, you know, 
Well, I know I, I talked to somebody else where I was at from mm-hmm. another company, and he asked me if mine was Doxis 3.1, and I said, no, it's a Docs 3, 3.0. And he said, well, maybe you ought to upgrade that. <laughs> That'll help. Mm, that shouldn't make I a don't difference. know. Yeah, it doesn't go it from— sounds like it's more of an upsell, you know? Right. Yeah, that wouldn't be, the, that wouldn't the first... be necessary. Yeah, that's the first thing they tell you when you talk to them is, well, you need more bandwidth. Well, they do. Now, here's the thing, though, Ken. If you, quote-unquote, made a smart house, we'll put that in air quotes, smart <laughs> house. Um, basically, the problem is when you lose Internet connection, it gets stupid. Um, it is. That's right. It's it's worthless. Correct. Totally. And it really should be that you'd have a local controller with inside your smart house to deal with all this stuff, but, but they don't want to, to create that. So what you need to think about is something called a failover. So you need uh, to consider possibly a wireless failover um, because if you're not at your home and you still want all that technology to monitor things and make sure your thermostat's at the right temperature and yada, 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 you need that failover. So when your Internet goes down, it fails over to your wireless service, whether it be T-Mobile, Verizon, or whatever. And you need a modem that has a second WAN, I'm sorry, a firewall with a second WAN port. Right, and and that has to be, you have to be able to, configure that for failover too right um that's okay yeah i I know that t-mobile's trying to sell that i don't think their signal is strong enough in my neighborhood yet for that then check verizon you can check other services to see if they offer it so you can solve the issue by simply having that failover test the failover and now you're good now you don't care if cox goes down or whatever well, most security systems, professional security systems, do use the cellular network, so mm-hmm. they can't be interrupted as easily as these wired systems here. Yeah. So the smarter okay. your house gets, the more more important it is to connect it to the cloud. Now you'll have two inputs into your network. So keep that in mind. All right. All right. All right. Well, I'll look to that in the future. Sounds good, Ken. Good luck. Thanks so much, guys. All right, you got it. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, you had a smart home story before we go to break. I did? Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, garage doors. <laughs> yeah. Garage doors. Smart garage doors. What this was the is, story? This deals with a, a flaw in the Nex, N-E-X-X, garage door activation system mm-hmm. where you can have an app on your phone right. that will use... Wi-Fi to open the garage door. Even on even on non-smart garage door openers, it actually makes them smart, right? This little NEX, yeah. it's a little box that you attach. And right, and it. It, it activates the door. Yeah. Uh, now, it turns out that there are some problems with that. Number one, uh, transmissions to the next device are in plain text. Uh, that's not good. Nope. And the other issue is that there is a, a universal uh, password that can control them. <sighs> And I think that's probably manufacturer's own backdoor that they manufacture into it, yeah. Um, which they shouldn't be doing at this point. But at mm-hmm. one point, that was very common. Yeah. Um, at any rate, um, Mike G found a, an article where they next has actually gone and disabled that function on all their controllers. Right. So they, in other words, they've essentially cut them off from the internet. Bricked them. Bricked them. Um, at least until they can address the problem. Right. But it sounds like they still have contact with them so that they could deploy an update if they get around to creating one. 
But yeah, I mean, this. <laughs> now, the, the whole reason that you have this thing is so that you can use the internet to open and close your door. Right. Uh, now, they point out that there is Bluetooth functionality. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that. That's not ha- it's not handy if you're not home. Right. If you're you- trying to. If you're at work and trying to open your garage door for a visitor to come in or right. something, well, nope. Can't do it. No, no opening for you. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I used to have those. Uh, they were a little kludgy. The batteries always went dead, and you had to keep changing them on the garage door. So I, Batteries? Yeah. You had to use batteries to put it on the door itself. Right, but it like how, come, how come it didn't have like a... Uh, uh, you know, a power plug that you could use. Well, that would be for the box itself, but the, mm-hmm. the, the box itself didn't know if the door was up or cl- up or down without having this little unit you Velcroed to the door. Oh, the, and that okay. had to signal, I'm door. up, I'm oh, down, I'm up, okay. I'm down. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I upgraded. All right, we're going to step <laughs> we're gonna step out for a break. Bill, hang on. We're going to get to your calls. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. We are back, and Carolyn's been playing some amazing stuff from No BS Brass, one of my favorite second-line bands. Um, definitely worth checking them out. Let's go to your calls. We're going to go to Bill in Manchester first. What is happening, Bill? Hey, good morning, guys. Appreciate your support. Thanks. Just a quick question for you. I just moved over to Frontier Fiber. All right. And uh, I bought a, a, a Nighthawk Netgear uh on AX6600 in January, but I just got around to installing it. And when I did, as it was going through the installation program that you uh, use through Bluetooth and finally started to connect, I got a message on Firefox that said there was an expired certificate. So I tried it with Edge, and I had a similar message, and I don't remember where I saw it, but I did see a certificate that expired in February 2023. And that's as far as I got, and I was just curious as to your input. Well, I'm I'm thinking that the certificate that came in the router probably did expire, but that's all right because you're you're talking to a device, and... You know that it's there. You know what it is. You know when you bought it, which was a little while ago, and it should be all right. I, I don't think that that would be a problem. Are we sure it's the certificate for the router he's seeing, or is it just uh, coincidental? Well, here's the thing. Uh, how are you logging into the router? Are you using routerlogin.net to connect to it, which is how Netgear typically sets things up, or are you actually putting in the IP address of the of the router? No, I went through uh, routerlogin.net, and mm. everything was going smooth until uh, uh, till I got this uh, error. I was in one of the steps I, to complete the installation. It just came up with an error on Firefox about a uh, the quote. It uh, there's an expired certificate. Yeah, so it could be one of their certs for Netgear has expired. And to, and to Dennis's point, it's probably okay. Um, but it really is kind of messy and embarrassing on their yeah, part. Or it could it be is. a third-party call that's happening to a different domain or something like that. Are you able to still configure the firewall? 
No, no, I got yeah. that far and it's it's stalled and then I started looking for the certificate and started doing some reading. Well, you can't fix it. Yeah, you oh, can't. can't. No, no, no. 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 Uh, there's no way you can repair that uh, on your own. Uh, the only other thing that I can suggest is call Netgear Tech Support and make sure. Well, right, that was that was my next thing, but I was gonna I was going through their chat and it was too late, so I went to bed. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you there too. Uh, is there a way yeah. to just get to the interface with the the IP address, or do you have to go through that config? Because some of those um, they try to make uh, it easier for users by using those interfaces, but sometimes right. if you just go to the IP address and log in, you're good. Well, I think I'll give that a shot before I open the, the, the chat bot again. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I just the, wanted your input because I didn't think I could resolve the expired certificate either. And I didn't no. know whether it was somehow attached to their warranty because I bought it in January and didn't no. start installing it till April because of illness, you know? No, no, no. no. This would be really kind of mean to say, well, you can't configure me. You didn't install me in time and i'm gonna not let you finish because our certificate expired <laughs> no i wouldn't do that it's all them this yeah all i would them. say i would say it's all entirely on them the default address for night gear or net gear router is 192.168.11 okay yeah and so you should be all able right, to get to the, the gui that way all right yeah good luck bill it's curious to let yeah. us know what happens well, I'll tell you what, when I get it resolved one way or another, I'll give you guys a call back and give you the debrief. How's that? We like oh, it. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, all right. Thanks, guys. I really do appreciate your program. Been listening forever. Please don't uh, stop, huh? All right. We'll do our best. My wife's giving me a hard time, but don't, we'll do our best. Well, you know, so is mine. I was up till 2. I'm still hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we can we both can commiserate. All right. All right bye, bye. Bye. Happy Easter. Yeah, you too. Um yeah, no. She, she's like, hey, we got a place in Florida occasionally we have to visit. Uh, so we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to, to get online. Um, and that, that certificate issue is, 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 a, is a common one. You see this. It can be false positives, too. We have seen issues with Chrome and Firefox and these other actually see a certificate as expired, and it's not and sometimes. I mean, you see this more often than I do in your daily uh, work. Yeah, I've seen it uh we bump into it sometimes with websites. Just go into a website. Right. Um, and then it'll report that a certificate is expired. But when you click through and then you look at some of the information in it, um, you see that there's a, a valid date that is not today or yesterday. Right. And it's like next week. And sometimes you can't figure out why the browser is deciding to bark. Right. Um, and the only thing to do at that point is to flush uh, the web cache, and sometimes that alleviates the problem. Right, and I've seen where that will work. And the certificates are important in that they deal with validating where you're going. They also deal with encryption, um, so that you know that you're speaking with the, your your communications between the two devices are encrypted and and correct. Well, the, yeah, and the encryption itself depends on the certificate. Right. So, so it's not it's it's something that is it's a necessary evil, but of course causes these types of issues. All right, so again, four lines wide open. Let's get another news article in here. So I had this. This goes back to a January thing that I've had. I brought along for quite some while. Months after the NSA, this is the NSA, our federal spooks, right? Disclosed a Microsoft certificate bug in data centers, a Microsoft cert bug. It had remained unpatched. So basically, this is a CVE twenty twenty two three four six eight nine. Um, this vulnerability can be exploited by, by miscreants to digitally sign malicious executables 
in a way that tricks Windows and apps into believing the files are from trusted, legitimate sources. So we're talking about certificates expiring in this case. This is the same idea here. The bad guys, though, can actually right. trick it and put their own certs in there. Um, alternatively, the attacker can craft a TSL cert that appears to belong to another organization and trick an application into trusting that cert as well. Now, the, the thing that's so bad about this, this is a January article of 2023, and Microsoft patched a vulnerability in well, August of 2022. Well, I was going to ask you if the patch is even available, but yeah, it is, and it had been for months. Correct, and it was given a CVSS severity score of 7.10, 7.5 out of 10. Um, okay. Later, disclosed that Redmond disclosed the bug is in October. The, uh, the IT giant said that the security flaw hadn't been exploited and wasn't publicly known. Well, of course, it's publicly known now. I mean, it's been known for quite some time. The thing that's that's the problem is that you can actually figure out if these data these are data center servers, so basically cloud servers, right? These are in somebody else's data centers. These are all running Windows-based servers and data center endpoints, and they actually did some testing to see if if these you can actually send out checks to see if a server's been patched. The same way they did it with Exchange, with the Heffinum folks. They can see whether or not your, your server was patched. The FBI was helping all sorts of people out with that. Yes. In this case, they did a similar thing and found out that still 99%, as of the writing of this article in January, of all those servers had not been patched. All right. So let's, let's, let's make sure we understand this. Yeah. In August of last year, a CVE with a severity level of 7.5 out of 10 right. that Microsoft patched. Right, in August. Right. Yep. Still is, is still existed in, at 99% of the, of the data centers in January of this year. Correct. Oh, my word. Yep. Are so, you kidding me? I wish I was. Uh, I know this was a little uh, you know, funky here as far as talking about it on our show, but it was related to the cert issue this last caller had. Yeah. And it's on data centers, um, servers that are out there that are cloud-based servers that we all use all day long. Who knows who's got them or where you're using them. Um, but oh. this is a pretty serious exploit. And uh, it, it, then, if, then it will hit your Chromium browser folks when you're on, online right. and, and do whatever it's going to do. So we'll put a link up here for you guys to kind of read this. It's, it's a little in-depth, um, you know, maybe a little more than – then you may want to get from a computer talk with tab show. But <laughs> it's just crazy that well, you, you find 99% of the things that servers out there are not patched even after this patch is available. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, and that that's terrible. It is, and it's common. And getting folks to patch servers, update servers, and even in our client base where we got clients that are running 2008 servers, 2012 servers, these are well, these are old servers. We've got we've got clients that don't want stuff to be updated. Right. And we can't viably do that. No, I know. But, I mean. You got to update them. You got to. (laughs) It has to happen, man. Keep on patching. (laughs) I want to thank all you guys for joining us on this lovely uh, Saturday morning. Go UConn. We're really proud of you guys. And enjoy your parade. As UConn alums, we're very excited for you. And I want to thank Carolyn for producing. I want to thank uh, Mike G for posting everything live. And especially all you guys for calling in. Because, again, without you guys calling in, Dennis talk about our kids and our cats. (laughs) And. Remember, we want you to be geeks, too. See you next Saturday.